At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Wednesday, August 23rd edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. We got a bunch of games to get to here on today's card, bunch of day games as well. Going to try to quick turn this podcast as much as we can, but there will be some games that get started. As I'm recording here, one game has already started, so... Not a whole lot we can do with this Wednesday slate, the time change, all the other responsibilities that I've got as the managing editor over at vcin.com. Also, of course, it is getting to be football season. So head to vcin.com slash subscribe so you can get our college football betting guide, our NFL betting guide, the updated add-on to the NFL betting guide, which comes out a week from tomorrow, kind of giving you an update on the lay of the land in terms of what happened in the preseason training camp, some significant injuries, odds movement, stuff like that. So we got all that coming your way here at vcin.com. The only way to get everything that we have to offer is to become a vcin pro subscriber. Head to vcin.com slash subscribe to check out the subscription options that are there. We've got upwards of 30 pieces of individual content for football season across college and the NFL. Not to mention we're not that far away from the NBA, NHL, and college basketball seasons and all the betting tools that we have, along with those DraftKings betting splits that are so very popular over there at the website. So again, if you want to get everything that we have to offer, get the full-fledged VSIN experience, check out the subscription options over at vcin.com slash subscribe. All right, bunch of games on the betting board, two plays for me. Let's kind of rattle through this card here as quickly as possible so I can get the show out and hopefully catch as many of these games as I can. We start in Philadelphia, Alex Cobb, Michael Lorenzen, Giants and the Phillies. Giants in a position to get a very important win over the Phillies last night. Those two teams are jockeying for position in that wildcard race. Although at this point in time, Philadelphia quite a bit better than anybody else. Three and a half game lead on the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. But with that blown save loss yesterday, the Giants falling out of one of the wildcard positions. They're now a half game back of both Chicago and and Arizona for the second and third wild card spots. 
So they send out Cobb today looking to get back on the right track. 375 ERA, 476 expected, 384 FIP, 127 and a third innings pitched. But for Cobb lately here, he's given up 18 runs over his last four starts, only 13 strikeouts in 21 and a third innings pitched. High ground ball rate, high hard hit percentage, expected ERA, not a big fan with the below average strikeout rate and all that hard hit contact. A guy that does show some negative regression signs as we go forward, but we'll see what he does here today against the Phillies. And Michael Lorenzen, where Ale- uh, Lorenzen, excuse me, seven runs allowed last time out over three and a third, had allowed five runs total in his previous six starts, including a no hitter against Washington, but he struggled in that first start back facing the Nationals for the second straight time. Only one strikeout out of 19 batters faced. And it is worth noting that for Lorenzen here, a 48% hard hit percentage over his last four starts, three of those coming with the Phillies, had a 45.5% hard hit rate, only five strikeouts in that no-hitter, so he got a little bit fortunate there. I think both of these guys, to some degree, are a bit of a fade candidate, but no play for me in this one with Lorenzen and the Phillies, minus 130, and a total of nine. Miami and San Diego, Sandy Alcantara and Seth Lugo in this one. Lugo and the Friars in the minus 130 range, total of seven and a half. So to go on a little bit of a sidebar here, the running theme for me this season has been fading pitchers that are pitching poorly and all of a sudden they pitch well. That was the case yesterday with Jesus Lazardo, where he is not pitching well at all whatsoever for about the last month. Then comes out, throws six shutout against the Padres yesterday. Uh, Not to mention, not only was he not pitching well, but he had those significant home road splits that I talked about in the article and on the podcast. So I'd like to announce my side hustle for the rest of this season. Professional slump buster. No, get your head out of the gutter. I don't mean that. I mean, if you've got a guy who's pitching like shit on your favorite team and you want that to end, well, I'm accepting... I don't want to call them donations. I'm accepting payments, Venmo, Cash App, Zelle, uh, Cash, whatever you want to do. Uh, If you've got a pitcher that's performing poorly and you want that to change, just let me write about him or bet against him. And then at that point, he'll wind up getting it all back on track and performing very, very well. So with that in mind, if you want to participate in this little side project that I've got going on, get the details from me. If you want to, you know how to reach me, aburkatvston.com or at Skating Tripods on Twitter. But honestly, all joking aside, uh, there are a lot of things to be pissed off about with this baseball season. I think this is probably the biggest one where like all of a sudden these dudes who are not pitching well or are showing negative trend lines, decreases in velocity, decreases in spin rate, all these bad indicators, for whatever reason, they're all almost almost dropped an f-bomb here they're all Cy Young when I bet against them and I don't understand it and it is not creating a very enjoyable baseball season for you for me I apologize for that I just I don't really know what else to do I mean Lizardo was pitching awful the Padres have been hitting lefties at a pretty decent clip his road numbers are bad boom six shutout And the same shit happened last night with Justin Verlander. Now, to be fair, I think Alex Cora pissed him off, and he's about the last guy you want to piss off. But same thing for Verlander. Not throwing the ball well, velocity down, strikeout rate down. All of a sudden, he struck out, what, nine over six innings against a Boston team that hasn't struck out much all year long. Velocity goes back up over 95 miles per hour. Like, you can't make this shit up. 
I, I don't understand it, but that's been the case here for this season. So hopefully at some point it turns and these things kind of play to their expectation with, with Lazardo yesterday. Uh, that one, that one really got to me. The Verlander one, whatever, I get it. Justin Verlander is a guy that at any given time can pull out a dominant start. But for Lazardo, the innings threshold, the new career high, hitting a wall, pitching poorly, I, whatever. Anyway, uh, so today in today's game, Alcantara, 411 ERA, 421 expected, 396 FIP, 164 and a third innings pitched. Shown flashes here and there, and in fact, he's thrown two complete games in the second half. He's racked up a good bit of strikeouts, pitched really well against the Dodgers last time out, gave up three homers, but they were all solo shots. Fourth quality start in five outings, so he's pitching well. On the other hand, on the road, much like what we saw yesterday with Lazardo, the road numbers aren't as good. He's given up 16 of his 20 homers on the road. Slugging percentage against is 149 points higher than it is at home. Woba is 63 points higher. ERA is about a run higher. FIP is over a run and a half higher. So we'll see what the Padres do here today with Alcantara. As far as Seth Lugo goes, he's right-handed, so that helps against Miami. 392 ERA, 415 expected, 382 FIP. But since the All-Star break, 476 ERA, 458 FIP. However, 13 of his 21 earned runs in two of his seven starts. So a guy who's pitched well more often than not, but does have a couple of bad starts to his name. Also for Lugo, 45.4% hard hit percentage, 11.1% barrel rate in the second half. So not a great number there. Uh, Look, just purely looking at this in terms of how these two teams have performed in the second half, neither one of them have been any good, but San Diego laying a number doesn't seem all that trustworthy. So no play for me, but make of that what you will, as San Diego probably knocks around Alcantara today just because. Mets and the Braves. Jose Quintana, Charlie Morton in this one. Uh, Another one here where, you know, I'm kind of playing the inverse of William H. Macy's character in The Cooler, where, like, I'm not the cooler, but I'm just propping everybody up for whatever reason here. Charlie Morton, in five starts from July 19th to August 11th, had walked 22 guys in 24 and two-thirds innings. 21 strikeouts, 22 walks in 24 and two-thirds innings. So what does he do last time out against the Yankees? Struck out 10 against one walk. So I have the magic touch. I'm the pitching whisperer or something. I don't know. But Morton here on the season, highest walk rate since 2016, lowest strikeout percentage since 2015, although 24.7% is still pretty solid. 354 ERA, 479 expected ERA, 4 FIP for Morton as he heads into this one. For Jose Quintana, only six starts on the year, but he's not allowed more than three runs in any start. He allowed three runs once in his previous six starts. Five runs on 13 hits in his last 18 innings. That includes a really good start against Atlanta back on August 12th. Quintana has walked 14 guys in his last five starts, but 31.2% Hard hit percentage, 3.7% barrel rate. Quintana's been throwing the ball quite well. We'll see if it continues here today against the Braves. We're Atlanta, about a $2 favorite with a total of 10 in this one. Of course, a lot of high totals with Atlanta's offense and also the hot conditions down in the state of Georgia. This game has already started or at least will start in about 15 minutes here, but it's George Kirby and Michael Kopech. And the one thing I wanted to mention about this game is – yeah, and make sure you're keeping an eye on the weather because we're still getting some very, very hot days 
uh, in certain parts of the country. This total is nine and a half. Now, a lot of that has to do with Michael Kopech and how poor he's been really throughout the course of the season. But George Kirby is a guy who throws a lot of strikes, can give up some home runs here and there, temps in the mid-90s, breeze blowing out to left. Don't forget to look at the weather. And also, we've seen a bit of an uptick in offense, I feel like, early on in the week here. So maybe that's part of it, too. I think a lot of totals have been bet up a half a run or so. This one is coming back down as we get closer to first pitch. But just want to make mention here that, you know, you don't really you don't think too much about the weather at guaranteed rate field. You think about the wind all the time at Wrigley. But in terms of this game on the south side, it is hot as hell in Chicago here today. So that's why that total is sitting up there at nine and a half, although we are seeing it get pulled down to nine a little bit. Kansas City and Oakland. Cole Reagans gets the call here for Kansas City. Adrian Martinez will be in some kind of piggyback tandem situation with Kyle Muller in this one for Oakland. Reagans has been great. His sixth start here as a Royal in his first five, 251 ERA, 226 FIP, 28 and two-thirds innings pitched, 36 to 10 strikeout to walk ratio. He's only allowed one home run in that span. And the other thing for Reagans here, 378 Babbitt against, despite just a 33.3% hard hit percentage. So honestly, his numbers could be even better with his 36 strikeouts in 28 and two-thirds. Big number here for the Royals in this game, though. So that's something for you to think about, something for you to consider, where you know DraftKings is up at minus 148. That's easily the highest number in the market. This game does have a total of nine, although most of the market sitting eight and a half here. Adrian Martinez, eight runs on nine hits and three appearances since getting recalled. Uh, he's not a particularly good pitcher, and neither is Kyle Muller, who's got a 764 ERA, 585 FIP, 55 and a third innings pitched. Muller's also allowed 10 homers on the season, 40 to 28 strikeout to walk ratio. So day game here in Oakland, ball may carry a little bit better. That's why you see this total up at eight and a half or nine. Even though Reagan's pitching really well, uh, looks like, Based on what the movement for this game, a pretty decent projection for the Kansas City offense. So when you see something like that, maybe instead of laying the game price or taking the over, you'll get a team total over something like that. Just kind of reading between the lines a little bit uh, in a game like that. Toronto and Baltimore. We'll talk about this game here. And then the other one in the AL. Well, no, the other one in the AL, I have a play on. So we'll talk about this game, then take a short break here. Toronto and Baltimore. So... As I mentioned, I've lived up to the inverse of William H. Macy in the cooler, but I've also lived up to that name at times, too. Take Kevin Gaussman, for example. I was on Gaussman last week, laid the price with Toronto against Philadelphia. What does he do? Well, he has his once-a-month blow-up. Gave up seven runs in that start. Only five of them earned, yippee, but four strikeouts out of 27 batters faced. It was the worst start for Gossman by game score since June 11th. He had allowed a total of 17 runs in his previous nine starts and gives up seven the day I bet on him. I don't think I was on him in any of those previous nine starts, but he gives up seven the day that I bet on him because, of course, why the hell not? But here's the thing for Gossman, 44.8% hard hit percentage, 10.4% barrel rate. That's why he's had some of these starts throughout the course of the season And when you factor in a start where he only has four strikeouts, even though he struck out 32% of batters faced on the year, then that's what happens. And you do end up getting one of these. And look, he's only had one per month because he's been good for the most part. But I happen to fall on the one that was really bad. 
does have a sub 300 Woba against at 296 on the road. So we'll see if he can bounce back here in this start against Baltimore, where he is about a dollar 30 favorite with a total of eight. Jack Flaherty scratched from this game for Baltimore. It'll be Dean Kramer instead. Kramer 450 ERA, 533 expected, 487 FIP, 138 innings pitched. He's given up 25 home runs in his 138 innings. Last year, he gave up 11 in 125. So the home run has been a problem for him. 383 ERA, 472 FIP in seven starts since the All-Star break. Toronto has been basically a bottom five offense against righties here in the month of August. So we'll see what they do against Kramer in this one. Kramer has struggled more at home. So Blue Jays laying a number makes some sense here in this one, but not a game that I'm on. We'll get to the interleague card and the two games I am on after this short break on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. All right, back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five star reviews appreciated for this and all of the podcasts here in our VSIN family of podcasts. Recording a week zero pod for the college football podcast today with Tim Murray. That'll come out eh, probably sometime this evening. I'll give you our thoughts on week zero. Any final thoughts in terms of the futures market or anything like that? So keep an eye out or an ear out, I guess I should say, for the new edition of that podcast. Skipping over Red Sox Astros, I got to play in that one. Skipping over the Cubs and the Tigers, this one was delayed by rain, but has gotten going now with Jamison Tyone and Tarek Skubal in that one. Game, it starts in about 10 minutes here, so I don't need to spend too much time on it. Kenta Maeda and Corbin Burns, the Twins and the Brewers. The one thing I will say about this game is when you look at Kenta Maeda, his contact management numbers are going up a little bit. 
I'm kind of worried about the sustainability of what he's doing. 10 starts since coming off the IL on June 23rd, 268 ERA, but a 357 FIP. Uh, is, he's starting to allow a little bit more hard contact here, a few more barrels. Would keep a close eye on him going forward, whereas Corbin Burns just looks pretty much outstanding for Milwaukee here. Cincinnati and the Los Angeles Angels. Double dip in this one. The Angels with Shohei Otani in game one. They're about minus 165, total of eight and a half in the market. For that one, Andrew Abbott goes for the Reds. This is the first start for Otani in two weeks. He got skipped a full time through the rotation this past time. And of course, now the Angels, not even really a thought in terms of the playoff picture. They are 10 games out now in the wild card. The Reds just a half game back in the NL wild card chase. I will say, while I don't play double headers much, I did really think about taking the Reds in game one here. I think this price is just too high. Andrew Abbott's been really good. 299 ERA, 374 expected, 386 FIP, 27% strikeout rate, walk rate just above 8%. Hard hit percentage is a little bit high, and I do think his 264 BABIP and 84.7% left on base percentage are showing some signs of regression. That has happened to a degree, but he's still been a largely effective starter here. The Angels, while they are 15th in Woba in the second half against lefties, they've struck out over 28% of the time. So maybe Abbott's strikeout prop is the way to look in this game as opposed to trusting him and the offense against Otani. And that's the thing. At this time of the year where you don't know how invested some of these teams are, where some of these favorites are just laying big premiums, all these kinds of things, look at the player prop market. And it's something that I haven't done as much this season and will do more next season because I think the game is just getting harder to beat straight up, uh, especially with the way the baseball changes and all the other bullshit that's going on. Uh, but, you know, as we get later into the season here, think about some of those player prop markets as alternative ways of betting on these games where the Angels with Mike Trout back, they may scratch out some runs against Abbott, but they also may strike out a lot, as has been their M.O. here in the second half. So you can look at Abbott and say, well, maybe I like his strikeout prop better than you know, expecting him to pitch well and also get some offensive help from the Reds against Otani, where Otani hasn't allowed an earned run over his last 19 innings. The Angels felt the need to scale him back. I think deservedly so. I give them credit for it, too, because they're not going to be able to re-sign him. He's going to test the market and go somewhere else. They could have said, we don't care. You're with us. We're going to use and abuse you while we have you. But I give them credit for actually giving Otani some time off. From the pitching side, I think they probably expected to not have the bottom fall out, and maybe they'd like to run it back and do it differently, but it is what it is, and I give them credit for sticking to that plan. I do think this price is a little bit high on Cincinnati, but wasn't really able to get there because I don't know how Otani is going to look after the long layoff, and of course, Mike Trout improves the Angels standing against lefties in a pretty big way. Starter is not officially named for game two. It's supposed to be Reed Detmers for the Angels. 493 ERA, 445 expected, 426 FIP, 115 innings pitched on the year. Had allowed seven runs in each of his previous two starts, then went seven innings of one run ball or seven innings of one hit ball against the Rangers the next time out. Can't remember. I was probably on Texas in that game. I'm sure I was in some capacity. Uh, but for Detmers, you know, he had really struggled, but then came out and pitched very, very well in that game. And in fact, come to think of it, I think I was on Texas in that one. Well, not surprising. Uh, Lion Richardson 
getting the call here probably for the Reds. Now, I don't know if he'll be the opener or, I mean, if he'll be the bulk guy behind an opener or if he will get the start. One MLB start this year gave up four runs on four hits over three innings, but he's only allowed 15 earned runs in 56 innings across double A and triple A. So no number, nothing official in that one. I don't know if the Angels will be super engaged all day long, and if they lose game one in heartbreaking fashion, I'd probably bet Cincinnati in game two, uh, depending on where the price is. If it's in this 150, 160 range, then that will be a play for me, assuming that you know the bullpen isn't wrecked for the Reds. So a lot of assumptions, a lot of if statements here. But the Angels being at the ballpark all day, uh, if they lose game one in heartbreaking fashion, I don't know if they really show up in game two with the way that things are kind of trending there. Colorado and Tampa Bay, Austin Gomber, Aaron Savale in this one. Gomber had been pitching really, really well, but that hit a wall last time out against Arizona. Six runs on seven hits and five and a third innings pitched. He'd allowed a total of 16 runs in his previous nine starts, but he only had 32 strikeouts out of 239 batters faced. So at some point, all the balls in play were going to catch up with him, and it did in that start against Arizona. Now, can he bounce back against Tampa Bay? We'll find out, but Tampa Bay, over the last week and a half or so, they've really gotten it going offensively against lefties again. So Gomber maybe not catching them at the best time and maybe not catching Aaron Savali at the best time either. Savali's first start with the Rays was a bit of a struggle against Detroit, but since then, two runs on 12 hits in 11 innings, 244 ERA, 332 FIP for the season here, six shutout innings last time out for Savali. So Maybe the Rays have kind of figured it out. Maybe he's settled in a little bit. And keep that in mind, too. I mean, it's a big transition for these guys at the trade deadline where maybe the first couple of starts aren't very good. Then they kind of settle in, get acclimated, get used to throwing to that catcher, stuff like that. Maybe that was just the issue for Savali in that one. Nationals and the Yankees here. Luis Severino going for the Yankees. Mackenzie Gore going for the Nationals. This is a game I wrestled with a lot. And I wrestled with yesterday's game a lot, too, where the Yankees have lost nine in a row. The wheels have completely fallen off. It's really hard to justify this team being in sizable favorite roles. Carlos Rodon was coming back from the IL yesterday, pitched really well, but the Yankees unable to hit Josiah Gray and the Nationals bullpen. Nationals with a big underdog cash in that one. Today, you've got Severino here in this one laying $1.40, $1.45, total of eight and a half. And it just doesn't feel right. You know, I mean, Severino, it's been bad. I mean, for the full season, 798 ERA, 677 expected, 682 FIP. Last 31 and two-thirds innings pitch since the start of July, he has an ERA over 11, 11.08, FIP around eight. He's allowed 14 runs in his last 10 innings, 19 runs in his last 13 and a third, 22 runs in his last 19 innings. It's been bad. He's given up 12 home runs since the start of July. 58 hits in those 31 and two-thirds innings pitched. So how the hell can this guy be a minus 145-ish favorite for the Yankees against the Nationals? The Yankees have been really good against lefties this month, and Mackenzie Gore is a lefty, but the Yankees only have about, a, I think it was 103 plate appearances in that split. So that's not really that large of a sample size. For Gore, similar thing to what we saw with Detmers, he was kind of struggling a bit, then goes out and throws six and a third one-hit shutout innings against a good Boston offense last time out. Had allowed six runs on seven hits, including three homers, 
in his start prior to that. The Nationals are stretching their starters out. They're pitching about once a week now as they stretch out their rotation, go with a six-man unit. But the thing for Gore, 44.2% hard hit percentage on this season, 11.9% barrel rate. I I can't do it. I, I, I can't compute the price on Severino being this high with how pathetic he's been. But I, I can't do it here. I mean, Gore shows a lot of negative regression signs to me. The Nationals bullpen, Kyle Finnegan and Hunter Harvey have pitched four of the last six days. Mason Thompson just got off the IL. He's been used twice in the last three days. Not a very deep bullpen. The Nationals are playing well, though. The reason they've had to use Finnegan and Harvey, all four of those games, they've gotten holds and saves in. So they're playing well, but I I, I can't do it. I Look, this might be one of those I regret in the morning or even tonight where Severino just gets his head caved in again. But look, I, you know, I I have to follow the math. I have to follow the analytics. I have to follow the stats and the stats obviously don't look good for Severino, but it's hard to find redeeming qualities for betting on Mackenzie Gore. And one of the things that I think I'm going to do differently next season is try to do that one-sided handicap from time to time, where a lot of times I've had it right with one pitcher and that pitcher's offense doesn't help me out with an over. Or I've had it right with one pitcher and the game goes over because it's nine to one or something like that. That's happened to me a lot. And I think that doing the one sided handicap and looking more at the player prop markets will be an adjustment that I make going into next season because it's, as I mentioned, it's just getting harder to beat the game straight up. It's getting harder to get both starting pitchers right and both teams right than it really ever has been. And some of that has to do with the rule changes, some of that has to do with the baseball all that kind of thing. But if you're looking at a one-sided handicap, I, I just I think to me it, it makes more sense to do that now with the current state of baseball. So I'm going to play it out for the rest of the season and hope that I figure this stuff out. But going forward into next year, I think I'm going to have more of the one-sided handicaps and kind of look more at some of the player prop markets that are out there because I, I think that with the metrics and the analytics that I use, I'll still find some edges and some opportunities there and edges and opportunities where I only have to get half of the game right instead of both sides of the game right. Because this year I've had too many times where I've gotten half the game right and not the other half, and it's been an over that should have gone under or an under that went over. Or, you know, I I just – I get, you know, the, the pitcher right and the offense doesn't contribute. So that's going to be an adjustment for me going into next season. I'm going to have to learn some different things. This old dog's going to have to learn some new tricks. But – I think that's what I'm going to do going forward for next season is focus a lot more on the player prop markets and try to take advantage of those two plays I got for today here, Boston and Houston. We'll see. Hopefully this isn't one of those games that goes the way I just described Uh, Houston slight favorite in this one total of nine primarily across the market, but there is an eight and a half on this total at DraftKings, And that is what I like in this game, the over between the Red Sox and the Astros. So Jose or Kitty getting the start here for Houston. Uh, he's you know made three appearances since coming back, but feels like a name that we still haven't really heard much about in a while. His two starts kind of flew under the radar, I think. Gave up five runs and three and a third to the Yankees, one run on five hits and in seven innings since, but a 521 ERA, 498 FIP, pitch to contact guy. Boston is very dangerous when they make contact. That's been the thing all season long. Four minor league starts, he allowed nine runs on 15 hits and 14 innings, so he didn't really pitch all that well in his return. 
Uh, Boston's decided not to hit in this series, but Urquidy, 394 ERA, 456 expected, 460 FIP last year. Doesn't miss a lot of bats. Will give up home runs. Hopefully Boston's offense does show up in this one. But I'm fading Chris Sale today. I mean, look, the Astros, they pummeled James Paxton Monday night. Houston, 419 Woba, 173 WRC plus against lefties. 267 plate appearances this month. In the second half against lefties, they're eight points better than anybody else in Woba. Five points better by WRC+. And for Sale, third start since coming back off the IL, about two months on the injured list. Five runs on three hits in nine innings, but his velocity dropped significantly from his first start to his second start. 94.5 average fastball velocity in his first start, 91.8 in his second start. Slider did generate some swings and misses, but the velocity was down Houston's a really smart offensive team. And as I mentioned, they've really crushed lefties here in the second half. Boston's been good against righties. Their WRC plus is actually higher on the road in the second half against righties than it is at home. Over eight and a half minus 120 a play here in this one. The other thing, I'm going to do the double minus here with the Dodgers. They're minus 225 favorite against Cleveland. I'm going to do the minus one and a half at minus 130 here. Clayton Kershaw on the bump for the Dodgers. The Guardians are the worst offense in baseball against lefties. They have been all year long. They have, in 266 plate appearances in August, a 28 WRC+. plus. They are 72% below league average against lefties in the month of August. So Kershaw, I would expect him to be very good, whether it's five or six innings that he pitches. Only six strikeouts and 37 batters face, but he's located really, really well. Gone five innings in both starts. I would anticipate... He's up to about 80 pitches here. So that should be five or six innings against Cleveland. Turn it over to the bullpen. And Xavion Curry, who gets to start here for Cleveland, 324 ERA, but a 489 expected ERA, 415 FIP, 520 XFIP, 77.4% left on base percentage with a 16.9% strikeout rate, 45.3% hard hit percentage. He's a negative regression candidate across the board all over the place. Something that kind of held me back a little bit last night with the Dodgers. Usually they fly out of Burbank. They flew out of LAX. Instead, they flew out Monday as opposed to probably flying out Sunday because of the tropical storm. Kind of threw them off a little bit, threw off their travel plans. You know, you had the three-hour time difference and all those kinds of things. I think they'll just be more comfortable tonight. I think they'll be in better shape tonight. They've only lost three games in the month of August. I expect a bounce back here against Curry and the Cleveland bullpen. So Dodgers minus one and a half, minus 130 to go along with the over in Red Sox and Astros. Over eight and a half is what DraftKings has. Nine at reduced juice, I think, is fine as well. But those are the two plays here for tonight. And again, I'm a professional slump buster with baseball. So if you have a starting pitcher on your team who's not pitching well, you know who to talk to. So self-deprecating as always, but it has been a ridiculously frustrating baseball season. we got about six weeks or so to turn it around. Hopefully we will. Uh, but thank you as always for listening to VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, catch that edition of the College Football Podcast coming later today. And I will talk to you again tomorrow with another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.